Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Lala, these are all fights that you have picked. You started talking about Ariana. You know what? Let's not pretend. You don't give a about me. I don't care about you. When we were over at Lisa's, you started talking about Rob. This man hasn't seen his children in four years, all right? How hey, dare hey, you hey, compare hey, my hey, fiance, like who is a stand-up man, okay. to him? We dealt with this. Are we really getting like... back on the hamster I don't wheel want to, again? But I'm just bringing up examples. But why? Because I want you to grow, Lala. Because I want you to grow. I want you to grow. I want you to grow. I want you to, like, stop picking fights with people, talking about them, and then being like, you're immature. You're immature. a retaliation. It's called, yes. We are on the retaliatory part of you doing something. She is the one lighting the fuse to this bomb, but then plays the victim. It's just getting really f***ing old. Out of everyone in the world, I'm going to pick you to tell me how to be better. The only thing growing on Sandoval is his heinous mustache that, like, prepubescent little boys get. I'm just giving you simple math. This situation, 2 plus 2 equals 4. This situation, 2 plus 2 equals 4. This situation, two plus two Okay, okay, I gotta show you now. I gotta show you now. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. What are we doing? Vanderpump Rules <laughs> and Winter House Edition. I gotta tell you guys, it's a rainy night here in New York, and I just feel like the vibes have been off for a couple days. I'm not feeling it, <laughs> I have to admit. But nevertheless, I will persist. We're channeling through or whatever the phrase is. Let's just get into it. But before we get really into it, I just want to say something. 
I'm gonna leave it up to you guys. You let me know what you think. So I am kind of feeling like people aren't really watching Vanderpump Rules, so I'm not really sure if I should continue. I like doing it in conjunction with Winter House, but Winter House is over next week. So I was thinking tentatively, and I'll raise this up later in another episode as well, that we're going to be doing a new schedule because Married at First Sight is practically over too. So once Married at First Sight is over, once Winter House is done, here comes mm, White Mess, aka Sister Wives. So I'm thinking I might do Monday, a regularly scheduled episode, Wednesday, Sister Wives, and then Friday, um, a Bravo situation, which will be uh, Vanderpump and then Housewives from Sunday. So you guys let me know because as somebody who likes listening to podcasts, I like there to be like a fairly quick turnaround. So I don't know if you guys are going to be interested in listening to my thoughts about Potomac. Well, Potomac's over, but Salt Lake City on Friday when it airs on Sunday. So you guys let me know what you think. I'll mull it over. You know, we're a community. We're a sisterhood, if you will. And all opinions, most opinions are welcome. So (laughs) with that being said, let's get into Vanderpump Rules. So we start off the... I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) And you know why I don't care? Because I... The one thing that I will say that I don't like about Vanderpump Rules that happens a lot is the apology tour. It's like something that I feel like in my life has been um, Vanderpump Rules created this and I don't like it because I'm typically never on the side of the person who's doing the apology tour. And y'all know how I feel about Lala if you've been listening to even like 15 seconds of my Vanderpump Rules recaps from the season. I don't like her. I don't think she's necessary. She's like a... She's like an annoying kid sister and it's not interesting. Like it's, I don't like it. I don't like her. I don't like her, you guys. But before we get into that, can we just like have a quick LOL and the fact (laughs) that if you guys didn't see this, so Lala had tattooed Rand on her inner arm, like right at the crook where the elbow is, right? But like on the inside. So... (laughs) Because they broke up, <laughs> she changed the tattoo in a very, like, uh, why no forever uh, Johnny Depp move. Uh, changed Rand to brand new, but the R is capitalized because it's his name, so. The... <laughs> Just look at it. Just look at it. It's so funny. Um, So the episode starts with James going over to Lala's place and he's meeting Ocean for the first time. It kind of seems like Randall, speaking of which, kind of dipped out. Like he was heavy, heavily involved in the beginning of the season, but now not so much. And I don't know. I don't care. I just... I just noticed it. But anyway, James comes with a bunny and some Ugg boots, some little baby Ugg boots for baby Ocean. And Lala has to ask him what happened at Charlie's party because fortunately she has been left out of it. Um, He says that Raquel was really wasted. She fell asleep at Ariana's house. And Lala asks 
if Raquel's drinking affects him. And he's like, no, not really. I just feel like I don't like playing. What he is saying. Here's what James's problem is. Here's what one of the things that's wrong with James is. Is that he doesn't articulate himself well. And I think that this is the crux of the issue with Raquel and the nose job. Not that I want to really be uh, siding with him because everything that he said about this has been supremely fucked up. But with that being said, I just think some of it is a communication issue. And if he just learned how to communicate better and say things more like a fully functioning adult, then things would be a lot easier for him. But I guess we could say that about almost everybody on the show, right? So he basically says that it's not the drinking, it's the being the sober one about, around a bunch of drunk people. And especially when you're playing games and he's like in it and focused and he's like ready to go. But here come, you know, like he's sitting next to two drunk, silly people. Raquel can't think of an answer to anything. Charlie's whispering in her ear and he just finds it like annoying. And I get that. Like I can understand how it's just annoying to be about, around a bunch of drunk people. And... Does that justify calling her dumb? Of course not. Of course not. Um, Counter that with Raquel and Ariana who were hanging out, which I'm like loving this. I'm loving this duo. I think they're really fun together. I think Raquel can really be herself around Ariana. She feels like she's safe. And I think Ariana really gets a kick out of her. So I just really like seeing them get along. Um, And also because I feel like we don't see, like, throughout Vanderpump, we don't see a lot of Ariana getting along with the other girls, like, genuinely. Like, obviously, she, her relationship with Sheena has been pretty solid, but it's been rocky with pretty much everybody else. And so it's just nice to see her have a relationship without complications, you know? Anyway, um, so they're talking, and <laughs> do you know what I mean about Raquel being very um, comfortable around Ariana? She tells her, full stop, I had complete diarrhea this morning from all the random things that I ate, the absinthe, the the rosé, all of it just no, went right through me, okay? Um, and Ariana brings up how James had mentioned how he was going to be affected by her nose job and how like messed up that was. And she feels like James is kind of being a brat. And so then we get back to James and Raquel and James is telling, excuse me, James and Lala and jo- Lala, excuse me, see, <laughs> getting back to James and Lala, he tells her that about Raquel's nose and how unfair it's going to be for him. And Lala's like, what do you mean? Are you going to leave her? And he's like, no, but then he starts mumbling and fumbling Again, the inability to articulate, not that I should be talking, um, but he can't really find a way to say that he does care, you know? (laughs) Here's what I think that James is trying to say. Again, not that I want to be in defense of him. I think what he's trying to say is, and he does say it later, like, I just don't want her to go overboard. And if he just said that... And nothing else, and not any of the other things that he's been saying, I think it would be like a lot more easy to digest than I'm the one that's gonna have to look at you. You know what I mean? James basically tells Lala straight up he does not want to have a fiance with a botched nose, and in a confessional, he's like, <laughs> There's a picture of them from 2016 when they met on the screen, and he says, 
Listen, when I took her home that first night we met, it wasn't because I knew she was a deep and kind person. It was because she was a six-foot supermodel from California. Like, come on. (laughs) So, I... (laughs) Lila tells James he can't really have an opinion about her and her face and her choices because it's her face and she's the one that needs to feel beautiful. James's response is to point at his own face and say, well, I got this without doing a thing. You set yourself up for that one. Um, Back to Raquel and Ariana. Ariana just encourages Raquel to have a conversation with him about his words and about how Raquel says that she feels like he doesn't really think before he speaks or he doesn't really think about other people when he says things. And that's really something that they need to talk about. She says, I think he'll probably get pretty pissed off in the beginning, but we'll be able to have a conversation after that. Um, so then moving on, Tom and Tom go back to Villa Rosa to get advice from Lisa about their new bar. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but Schwartz says that they haven't really been able to sell their new partner on their concept. And it's kind of getting to the point where he's kind of like one, he's got about three out of his five toes on one foot out the door at this point. And so they are like running things by her. Sandoval pulls out a swatch that he wants for the back of the chairs. And she's like, oh, this is lovely, which is like, you know, personally a sign that I would say, you know what, maybe we need to go back to the drawing room floor, but whatever. Um, She asks him how much the fabric is going to cost. And he's like, oh, well, it's $30. I don't know if it's a foot or per yard. And she's like, well, that's definitely stuff that you need to know because... You were talking about a 900% markup when it comes down to it. Um, So then they pull out their mission statement and it is as follows. Welcome to Schwartz and Sandy's, a funkadelic dive lounge where, um, no, where, see, (laughs) I I already lost it. Um, Something you're escaping reality and we hope to bridge the familiarity of your best night out with a deja vu of your future fantasy. (laughs) Sandico keeps going on about about how he wants to make sure that the lights hit the right edges and how there's going to be a bathroom with an archway and it, it talks to you or something. I don't know. But Lisa's like, listen, I know you guys have really great intentions, but you don't, you're not saying anything, <laughs> really saying anything definitive. And she recommends the kiss method method. Keep it simple, stupid, you know, because the guy might not understand their vision and, you know, just visualize when you go into this meeting, me putting my foot up your arse, you know, anyway. So then we see Ariana go over to Sheena and Brock's apartment and Brock was sewing. (laughs) Okay. We're trying to make this like, um, like is Brock angling for some sort of like homemaking, um, like Mr. Fix-It, Susie Homemaker situation. I don't know. But the point is he's sewing an old shirt of his and forming it into a onesie for summer, which is actually really cute. And he's talking about how, you know, his mom taught him to sew and he wants to teach his family about how you can take something old and turn it into something new. And honestly, like, He really fed that to us. I'm really resisting the urge to make a joke about his new family. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do it. So Ariana asked Sheena about wanting to have kids in the future. (laughs) 
And she very casually is like, actually, I wanted to talk to you about that because, you know, I know that you got your eggs frozen and um, I'm sure many of you guys knew this. Maybe you didn't. But yeah, Ariana reveals that she and Sheena, um, why this was not a part of her storyline last season, I'm not sure because we saw Sheena's uh, egg journey, but she and Ariana were doing it at the same time and Ariana went through with it. She ended up getting pregnant. So Ariana says in a confessional that she um, wanted to have agency over her own body. And it was kind of a fuck you to the, all those like haters who've been saying shit about her choices over the years. Um, so <laughs> Sheena is like, yeah, I wanted to know what you were thinking because like, were you thinking about maybe having a surrogate? Because I was thinking we could have hired our surrogates at the same time, you know, and just have like a twin, you know, best friend kind of thing going. <laughs> it's like, you know, cause I got let out. I got kind of, you know, I didn't, wasn't really in on the first one with, with Stassi. So I would like to have that moment again. Um, so Ariana is like, no heart emoji. No, um, not happening, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so then they all get a text, a group text from Katie who says that she's going to have like a fancy, uh, dress up kind of James Bond, femme fatale, man of mystery party. And Ariana says, I just feel like it's kind of a scheme that Katie's setting up to get Sheena and Lala in the same room. Then a confessional, Sheena's probably more blunt than I've ever heard her be because she says, even though Lala's gotten into it with basically everybody on that group, she keeps trying because she doesn't have any other friends. <laughs> per. Okay. So Raquel and James go to some sort of like stretching situation. What are you guys doing in LA? What's happening? What's going on? You know, <laughs> I know these things happen in like Tribeca you know, like the West Village, but you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not in that tax bracket. So like these people, you just, they stretch you. Like, I'm not even mad about that. I'm, I'm impressed and I want to go there, but like, what are you guys doing? You know, I still want the answer to that anyway. Um, so after that, after that exhaustive thing where they paid people to stretch their body parts, um, they sit down and talk and, you know, Raquel's like, it was not cool that you called me dumb. And James says that he was at the peak of his temper tantrum and he's sorry. So Raquel tells him that she feels like he has a tendency to think about himself before others. And what really disturbed her was the fact that he said, I'm the one that's going to have to look at your face for the rest of my life when talking about her nose. So James still doesn't seem to really get it. And he says, well, I am the one that's going to have to look at you. <laughs> and this is what I was trying to defend, but not defend him by saying that, you know, you, you see these women in Beverly Hills walking around and they get Botox and lip injections and fillers and this and that. And I just don't want my life to look like that. So James tries to turn it back around on Raquel. <laughs> but <laughs> he's really wild. He's, he's really wild. And saying that like, well, you wouldn't be happy if my nose was botched and you'd probably leave. And Raquel says, is that what you're going to do to me? And he says, no, like let's stop fucking around. You wouldn't be okay with it. So Raquel goes into full girl boss mode and I was rooting for her. And she says, this is my body. 
So maybe don't vocalize what's going on in your head about your personal issues with my body, my body, <laughs> because your number one job as my fiance is to support me and not add to the stress that I'm already feeling. Hello. God bless. Um, James says it's just another learning curve for him and that he's just going to keep marching forward, whatever the fuck that means. Then we get a scene that was like, ugh, so highly annoying to me. I just, ugh. <laughs> and I know that like, you guys aren't going to agree with me and that's a, a double ugh for me. Okay. So Tom and Tom and Katie go to the new bar to talk to Greg, the guy that they're going to be working with and is planning on, you know, funding their bar, right? Um, the guy with three of his five toes on one foot out the door. So they go in, Schwartz actually kind of kicks it off and he's actually really professional and he seems very affable and he starts talking about how they want to have like fresh ingredients for the food, uh, unique mixology drinks, and how, you know, Greg, you know, he's like, he's saying the right things and Greg is starting to feel it. Can we just talk about what Katie's wearing first, though? I forgot to mention that. So, <laughs> she came to this meeting with, we all know what she was doing. We all know exactly what her purpose was. Clearly, Katie's motive to go to this meeting was to, probably a, a couple situations here, uh, to show Tom up, to really stick it to him, to rile him up, to piss him off, to show off her knowledge, and force her way into this situation. Now, this is what I don't like. I think it's like super unprofessional that you would bring your spouse to a business meeting, right? Isn't that weird? And for them to, and if they're going to be there, shut your mouth, you know? Like, you, this is not the place for you to offer input. This is not the place for you to, like, try to get your rocks off by by making Sandoval look bad. Like, she is professional. She obviously knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's doing. But I just felt like, that's lame. Like, that's lame. Tom Sandoval has made it completely clear to you that he does not want to work with you. And so to start it off by being like, well, I'm just going to come here. I'm going to make you look bad. Now, granted, Sandoval should have been more prepared. And he is truly like the man has got his head in the clouds and he's he spins out. And I get that. I get that. And it's probably, you know, his brain is bigger than his mouth. <laughs> he's biting off more than he can chew. That's the better one. The correct one. The only one. Um... So I can understand how, like, he, Sandoval needs somebody who's going to bring him down to earth, but the situation with that is that the person that should be doing it is Schwartz. And by Schwartz, I mean Tom Schwartz, the one that he has gone into business with, not Katie Maloney Schwartz, the one that he has been fighting not to go into business with. You know what I mean? So anyway, let's talk about what she was wearing. Um, she was wearing a, it was giving... What was it giving you guys? It was, she was had like platform Mary Janes and some, some like knee, not knee high, but like those, those like fold over socks that we used to have to wear in the early nineties. And we don't have to now because we're adults who can make our own choices on the things we wear. Anyway, she was rocking, if you want to call it rocking those and she had some black shorts that I didn't really get a good look on, but I'm sure they were probably worse than 
my memory serves. Um, but then she had like a, a button down. It was like giving the dude, you know, like the dude meets Shirley, the dude on top and Shirley Temple on the bottom. She really does that a lot. You guys know that I feel like Katie dresses like that to like piss me off specifically. Like I think she does it to hurt my feelings. <laughs> anyway. So then Tom shows, Tom Sandoval shows them a sign of a concept of what he thinks the sign is. So what he thinks the sign, the Schwartz and Sandy swan. Wow. <laughs> the Schwartz and Sandy sign should be. Maybe this isn't the best bar name. Um, so again, Schwartz Sandoval seems to have an issue with Z versus S. So he spells Schwartz with an S at the end, something that has never happened. So that's interesting. Katie, of course, has to like roast him for that immediately. And then Katie whispers in Greg's ear, like, you know, I gave them some ideas, but it looks like we've moved on from it. Um, Katie, there is no we in this situation, right? Not, not with you. Not with you. So then Sandoval shows some lights he ordered and Greg asks him how much they were. And I think he said like 1700 a piece. And Greg was like, no, I don't like that. That's way too much money. We could have definitely found something that was cheaper. And now we're going to have to repurpose these funds to try to make up. Like we're going to have to take from something else to make up for the $3,400 that you spent on these lights. Like really, people aren't gonna know how much you spent on that. They're not gonna appreciate the money that put into it. Like we definitely could found a more economical option. And yeah, he's he's starting to feel, ugh, you know. So then Tom Schwartz continues being like pretty professional, talking about how they want to be respectful of the neighborhood. So they had thought that they would maybe mute some of the ideas that they had and kind of tamp things down in the center of the bar. And, you know, Greg is starting to get more into it, but then they get to the, um, the mushroom tea induced mission statement, the funkadelic dive lounge of it all. And once Sandoval finishes, Greg is like, honestly, it sounds like a bunch of word salad. And this mission statement is for us. And the employees so we know what the thing is and Katie chimes in and says you know it's a description of what you do and what the place is like and who your crowd is for is it for bachelor parties is it for people coming in from out of town birthday parties what have you and Craig's like yes exactly I might think about replacing you with these two. And Katie's like, <laughs> and in a confessional, she's like, you know, I don't want to rub anybody's nose in it, but when I said I knew what I was doing, I meant it. And it's like, that's not the issue. Nobody's doubting your ability. He just doesn't want to work with you, sis. And that's okay. So Greg is now fully impressed with Katie and is like, she's going to help you redo your mission statement. And, you know, she's like, she rolls her eyes and puts her hands up. And is like, see, I told you guys, I told you guys I was helpful. <laughs> Why don't you pucker and pout girl, pucker and pout. Anyway, so then they go to, um, 
this party at Tom and Katie's, right? Lala arrives first, and Katie, as it's basically just like Schwartz, Katie, and Lala before everybody gets ready. And Katie's like, you know what I remembered? I was thinking that this was a um, man of mystery and femme fatale party, and I forgot that Sheena was on a show called Femme Fatales. <laughs> so apparently, this was a very like Bethany-esque venture down um, entertainment lane, if you will. And she was showing titty, you know, as you as you do as sometimes in Hollywood. And so <laughs> I love Sheena's response to this because clearly the producer asks her this in the confessional. She's like, oh my God, like, can we not talk about this? Now people are going to Google it. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think I heard about this. Did you guys hear about this prior to now? As much of a pump head as I am, I think I would have, I definitely would have remembered it, but I think I would have, I'm shocked that I had not heard about that. Um, anyway, the only thing that Lala has said this entire season that has been at all interesting to me is that she reveals that she used Sheena's topless scene to get off once. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Say less and more and less. You know why this really struck a chord with me is like, I just want to be like super weird with you guys right now. The other day <laughs> I was going to bed and I was hit with the realization that like over the course of my life, I've probably had friends who have masturbated to me. <laughs> have you guys ever thought about that? <laughs> Is that a weird thing to think about? I mean, it's not weirder than the act, actual act of doing it. So I don't know. Have you guys ever thought about that? Anyway, what am I doing and where am I? I'm not feeling well. And see, this is what's happening. I get weird and we're, we're going to speed this along. So <laughs> um, everybody else files in and Lala asks about the meeting with the bar. Tom says it went well, but then Katie interrupts him and says, well, Greg was most impressed with me. <laughs> so then she says, you know, I'm just kidding, but we all know she wasn't. And then Jane says in a confessional, Katie knows how to push Tom Sandoval's buttons and I'm here for it. And I'm really excited to watch it. So then Lala takes Sheena aside. They're both wearing these like black overall oversized suits, like very, um, who's that guy from the eighties where all the ladies were dancing together. They weren't wearing suits. They were just wearing black, uh, dresses. Y'all know what I mean? Richard Marks. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, so they sit down and Lala says, I know you have a lot of pent up issues with me that I thought we had squashed. And this is why I find her so annoying. She doesn't, <laughs> you just, not just, you have been on multiple occasions consistently exposing her now fiance, baby daddy at the time for being abusive, uh, a negligent father, Etc., etc., with no consideration for how Sheena might feel about that, or the fact that Sheena knows this information and has chosen to be with this man anyway, and also the fact that you guys aren't really friends, so it's really not in your position to talk to her about it, even in private, much less in front of a bunch of cameras. Anyway, um, but you're saying, like, instead of saying, <laughs> Anything else you're saying, I noticed you're having a lot of issues with me and like 
you're the villain now because you weren't being honest. Like, I thought we had gotten over this and clearly we haven't because you wouldn't be treating me like this if not. And it's so backwards and weird and I don't like it. She should be apologizing full stop, full stop. But anyway, it like shaming it, framing it as though Sheena has not been honest about like whatever. It's so stupid. Anyway, um, so Sheena very calmly says, listen, I thought we had worked through our issues. I was fully prepared to move on. But then when you were Lisa's, you went in on me like a mean girl fucking bitch and you called me dangerous. And I was like, well, I called you that because I felt like you were going to villainize me and play the victim. Like you're doing to her right now. Yeah, that is dangerous. And I guess you would know, wouldn't you? But then Lala continues by saying she was concerned for her and the and the baby. And she was just like, I, you know, I, I was just like, I just felt like I wanted to tell you this. And so Sheena's like, okay, I just feel like you were really doing like convenient timing. And in a confessional, she says, it's really hard to trust Lala or what she says when I've been the butt of the jokes of her and her friends for years now. And it's a fucked up pattern of Lala hurting me and then forgiving and then me forgiving me, her. And completely right. She, Sheena is, you can say one thing about Sheena, but Sheena's never been iced out of the group for being a bitch. She's been iced out of the groups over the past years for <laughs> question mark, question mark. I really don't know. Just because I think she's an easy target. And I think that like she's nice and she's an easy person to just like walk all over. No shade, but like people take advantage of her full stop. And they, they, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. And so to see like, thank God for her to be like, I'm a grown ass woman. I'm a kid. I have a kid. And I notice these patterns is not healthy. I don't like it. And there's really no reason for me to trust you when you have gone out of your way for years with your little gaggle of the witches of WeHo to be a dick to me. Like, what's the point? So Lala says that with all she's been through, she's realized that her words have meanings. <laughs> It, it took you having a child for you to realize the impact of what you say to people. And it still doesn't seem to be working, but okay. Um, thankfully, she's doing this with Sheena, a person who's going to continue to be kind and forgiving and move on. So they end up hugging and, you know, everything is okay. And I'm putting that in air quotes. And then Lala says that she wants to talk to Brock. So this was kind of weird. So instead of taking Brock aside and having an individual conversation, she just sits down where he's sitting and hanging out with James and Tom Sandoval and says, if I have a conversation with him, will you guys be quiet? <laughs> I mean, the girl is, she's got audacity. That's for sure. Just the common decency of being like, yeah, I'm going to have a super intimate and intense conversation with this person I've been beefing with for exposing him for being abusive. Um, so when we have this conversation to hash that out, can you guys just sit here and look pretty? Okay. So <laughs> she goes on and 
She's like, I just spoke to Sheena. We're good. I just want to make sure that her partner is okay. And I never wanted to come for you. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, But like, I just thought I expressed a concern that was valid. So Brock says, that's not even the issue. The issue that I have with you is that you feel like you can make these backhanded apologies and that you can say sorry for what you said, but you should expect it from me. And because that's just what you do. And Zabrak says, I just don't really want to be around people who pop off all the time. And so Lala says, and so what? Have you never popped off in your life? And Brock's like, no, but the issue is like you do it intentionally. And then you tell people that they should just expect that behavior from you. (laughs) Which is a very different thing from occasionally popping off. Um, So then (laughs) Lala says that she is an acquired taste like a fine wine where some people like it and some people want boxed wine and brock says well that's great i'm drinking scotch and so lala says okay well it seems like you're not fucking with me anyway so bye and then she ends up leaving and then we see tom schwartz go to villa rosa and he goes there to get some platter or whatever the fuck. Honestly, it doesn't really matter what he came for there. He was clearly just there to film. Okay. He just needed an excuse. Like Tom, when more world does Tom Schwartz need to go all the way to Beverly Hills to pick up a serving platter from Lisa Vanderpump for where for Tom, Tom get real. <laughs> anyway. So they go down to the basement to get it. And before she opens the door to the basement, Lisa says, this is where I keep all my dead bodies. Kyle, are you in there? <laughs> so, so there she's like fiddling around. She finds a platter and then she finds this like hyper realistic dog mask that she puts on and does some weird movements with her body. I won't call it dancing. And she says to Tom, do you want it doggy style? And Tom says, please don't do that. Not because he was disgusted, but because this is now going to have to be something that he and Katie are going to have to introduce in the bedroom. You're turning me on. You're creating a fetish here. And so I would just would like to separate myself. Six feet. Six feet. Then it gets kind of real. And maybe this was probably like maybe the most real scene that we've ever gotten from Tom Schwartz. Like, I can't recall a moment where he's really been this honest about what's going on in his real life. So he says that he's been in a guilt spiral. He's super stressed out and it's about his family. And he says that his family's been going through some rough times. His parents have been separated. One of his triplet brothers has not been working since the pandemic began. So they've been struggling financially. And so if he can give them two, three, four hundred dollars a month to help at all, then he will do that. But he's struggling financially and he on top of that is like trying to get this loan he's already been rejected from one the other one is pending he's spending a bunch of cash and he's just saying like i i really can't give them money like this but i feel like i need to and so lisa says don't worry about them you know what you got to do what you got to do once you get this bar up and running you can start helping them now like On the lowest of keys, I am wondering, like, I mean, do we say this? (laughs) Do we say that for somebody who's been on a show as long as 
he has been that two, three, four hundred bucks a month to your family doesn't seem like a it should be a great expenditure that's like really making you be this cash poor. Mm -hmm. But we can move on from that. The point is that he's trying, you know, and he wants to do by his family. I mean, is it possible that those two really um, put everything into that house? <laughs> and now they're just kind of, you know, and it was like a, a long time between seasons and maybe, yeah, yeah okay, that makes sense. Anyway, um, so yeah that's that's that was really it, it for Schwartz and Lisa but then we see Sheena and Charlie and Brock go to a bar method class and Brock tells Charlie that Sheena and Lala have made up once again and Sheena says that she just feels like this is the most authentic that Lala has ever been which you know can only go so far and you know, Lala didn't even say I'm sorry during that conversation. I forgot to mention that. Not at one point did she say I'm sorry. Anyway, um, so Brock says he feels like when I had this com when I had my conversation with her, I kind of feel like I got on her level. I didn't really like that. I don't want Sheena to feel uncomfortable being friends with her, so I want to have another conversation with her and try to make things right, if only for Sheena's sake. And Sheena tells Charlie, like, hey, just because I made up with Lala again, I just want you to know that, that doesn't change anything about our relationship. If she comes for you, I will defend you. Like, don't worry about that. And Charlie says, thank you for telling me because I actually was really worried about that. And, you know, I just, she says in a confessional, I just can't understand how you could be so hot and cold and hot and cold with somebody and I just feel like if Lala can treat Sheena like this, she can easily do it to me. Fair enough, girl. So everybody meets at the Belmont and Tom Sandoval's have, he looks good. And then I turned and saw that gold hoop earring and thought, mm, okay, that was a choice. Um, so Tom and Tom Schwartz and Katie start talking about how Tom's been really stressed out lately, how he's not been sharing that information with her. And so Katie has to like get him to say the information that he pretty easily said to Lisa earlier <laughs> but he seemed to really struggle to say it to his own wife especially he would think that this would be a time where he'd be the most supportive so he it's kind of tells her what is going on about the feelings and the family and Katie's like don't worry about it like I got you you're the best brother you're the best husband I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> but that was really nice of her to say. That was really nice of her to say. So anyway. Um, Charlie comes in and just is an absolute delight again. And she gathers all the girls around to say, Hey, I just want to let you know that I did my research and we are all on wiki feet right now. Raquel is like, what the hell is wiki feet? <laughs> So she explains, it's a, fa a place, a website where mostly gentlemen will um, rate the feet of celebrity or well-known women. And Charlie is very invested in this. She 
makes sure that her feet look nice. She is thinks that she has a good foot. She's a four out of five. She just feels very good about her standing and wants to keep it there. <laughs> so she suggests to the ladies that they start selling feet pictures so that they can raise money for Raquel's nose job. <laughs> Raquel's like, isn't that kind of dirty? <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I love her so much. Um, so Shana says very seriously that she doesn't think that she can really do it because her baby toe, one of her baby toes doesn't look right. <laughs> so, um, then we see Brock telling Sheena that he's going to have another conversation with Lala and Lala's like, great, because, you know, I can't really be friends with somebody who's not fucking with with the Brock doesn't fuck with. Right. So they have a conversation and it's just like, whatever. Basically Brock is being the bigger person. And he says, I just got frustrated with you. And I probably was harboring some, um, you know, resentment because of what you said about me. And I probably took that into our conversation. And Lala's like, thank you so much for being honest about that. <laughs> what, what planet, what planet does she live on? And yeah, they hug. Brock invites her to his birthday party. Great. So we end the scene with, or the episode rather, with um, Charlie and Tom Sandoval having a conversation. And I kind of liked their vibe. Like I kind of like them getting, what's the getting off with each other? That is not what I meant. <laughs> kind of like them talking to each other. So um, they're talking about Lala and how Tom is like, you know, I just feel like people don't want to fuck with Lala because she's a common denominator. We never know what we're going to get out of her. Perfect timing. Lala ends up putting her gnarled fingers on Tom's shoulders and says, Hey, like, can we talk? And basically, um, she's decided to make another stop in her apology to her. And this one is to Charlie. And she wants to know, like, what was happening with that culinary party. And Charlie is basically just like, hey, I didn't invite you because I didn't like the back and forth between us. It was an intimate event. And I just wanted to be there with people I trusted. And Lala's like, great. Thank you so much for telling me that. I can understand that. <laughs> okay. So then Tom is like, okay, yeah, but Lala, these are all fights that you have picked. And Lala's like, what, what the hell do you mean? He's like, you're the one who picked the fight with Ariana. You're the one to pick the fight with Brock. And Lala's like, no, no, no. We're just going on the hamster wheel right now. Like, I don't want to get into this. I don't know why we have to talk about this again. And Tom's like, we have to talk about it because I want you to grow and stop picking fights with people and then saying that they're immature. <laughs> and Lala claims that everybody's retaliating against her, but Tom says people are retaliating against how you treat them. <laughs> and so in a confessional, Tom says, I'm lighting the fuse. Excuse me. Lala likes to fight the, light the fuse and then play the victim. And it's getting really old. So then Lala says, out of all the people in the world, I'm not going to pick you to tell me how to grow up, Sandoval. And the only thing that you're growing is that heinous little mustache that even prepubescent little boys can grow. Oh, good one. Ooh, she got him. She got him. She got him on that one. So um, Tom goes in again about how she's the law, the, the common denominator, two plus two equals four, two plus two equals four, two plus two equals four, not 
I know where he was trying to go with that. It wasn't quite working, but, you know, we can move on. And Lala's like, shut up, I'm going to go insane. Okay. Okay. And that's the end of Vanderpump Rules. Let's move on to winter. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Amanda was like started crying and I was like, what's up? And she was like, Andre was just like saying like he wants to be single. I said a couple of days ago that I came here as a single guy and I feel like I'm going to get out of this vacation as a single guy. And definitely want to go back to the city, knowing that I met a really cool chick that I really like. Yeah. That I'm having a great time with, and that I would love to see again. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. all I care about. You know, like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm seeing anything wrong. Look, I'm, I feel... I'm having a great time me with too. you. But of course, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull you Right, and it would be weird. <laughs> we just mad. Am I annoyed that he wants to leave the house single? I don't love it. What do they expect? Bella? And jump on the table and say, oh my gosh, hey, I also I just like can't be serious. Hi guys, now before I start Winter House, two things. First of all, I know it sounds a little bit echoey in here. My bad. It's raining outside and the tendency, like when it rains, it's like really loud. So it's either like rain or a little bit of an echo. And I figured the echo was probably the best choice, you know? Um, secondly, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit hoarse. So... Uh, I'm going to go quick on the Winter House recap, and that sucks because I really like this episode, but I got to get into it and I got to get out of here. So uh, I'm just like really sad that this, uh, we only had, could we have at least done like eight episodes? Eight episodes I think would have been really nice, but yeah, I'm just bummed out that this is a penultimate episode of season one of Winter House. 
So we start off where we left off last episode with the high school party and Paige finds Andrea because she has just found out she has just soothed a, a crying and weeping Amanda Batula from, um, you know, the information that she got about Andrea wanting to leave the house single. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to go straight to the source and figure out what's going on. So she tells him Amanda was crying and she told me that you just wanted to be single. And Andrea says, yeah, well, a couple days ago, I told them that I came into the house a single guy and I felt like I was going to leave vacation as a single guy. Then he says, you're a really cool chick. And when we get back to the city, I would love to see you again. And Paige is like, that's all I needed to hear. That's all I care about. In a confessional, though, Paige says, do I love that Andrea wants to leave the house a single guy? Not really. But it would be crazy of me to expect to be in a relationship after two weeks of meeting somebody. And then she whispers, I'm crazy. <laughs> and that's me. By the way, I don't, we're just like, we're barely, (laughs) I'm like kind of loving the fact that we're just only getting just like hardcore physical passion out of Lindsay and Jason. We're not getting a full um, scope. We're not understanding if they like each other as people, if they've had conversations. We just see them being horny for each other. And I just think it's so funny. It's just delightful for me. Everybody goes to bed and they wake up in the morning. Lindsay spends the night with Jason. In a confessional, she's like, he's hot as fuck. He can cook. He's calming. He's really sweet. He's really sexy. Listen, you guys, last week I said, I don't understand Jason. And the week before that, I said, I don't understand Jason. And the week before that, I said, I don't understand Jason. But then after watching last week's episode, I saw a clip going around of Lindsay and Jason. And um, at one point, Jason throws Lindsay on the bed to reveal that he had a substantial tent within his thermal underwear. I'm not talking like a one person tent. I'm talking about the REI top of the line fits a whole family and a couple friends situation. Wow, wow, wee, wah. I get it. Okay. I get it. If I didn't see that clip, Lindsay basically confirms it. And she says, oh my God, his abs, have you seen them? And what's under the abs? Ooh. <laughs> and then she says, he's been here this whole time. And what have I been doing? Chasing around a bunch of idiots. Exactly. So Austin is continuing, speaking of idiots, continuing his love bombing of Sierra by cuddling her and whispering in her ear, like, let's just stay in bed all day. You know, just like totally laying it on so thick. Kyle tells some other people in the house that his parents are coming. And again, like the one, my one complaint about Winter House is, what the fuck are we doing with Kyle and Amanda? I like them. I'm a Batula hoop. I am like in, I like them. Okay. I don't like what they're doing in the house. And I'm wondering, I'm hoping that that doesn't translate into the summer house. I don't know. Like I said last week, it just feels like they're in a different timeline and they're, 
they were supposed to be the like benchmark of the show, obviously, because Kyle's like, this is his stomping grounds of Vermont. And so I think that they had gone into the show really relying or thinking that they were going to re- have to rely heavily on Amanda and Kyle. Like, wasn't there a a preview for the in the trailer? Gabby said something about how Kyle was flirting with her. Why have we not seen that? Does, and it wasn't in the preview for next episode, so I'm wondering, like, what the hell's going on with that? But anyway, they just seem to be, like, making their storyline more high stakes than it appears to actually be. And I don't know, like, what... <laughs> like, what are we doing with this situation with the skiing? And how Kyle comes from a skiing family, and now they're going to come to ski with Amanda and they're acting like if Amanda doesn't go down the slope that she's gonna have to give her ring back and there's there's no stakes in this they're going to get married we know they're married <laughs> like she there was nothing nothing you know what I mean so because of that I'm starting to like resent them in a way that is not fair to them I will admit that I'm just not loving their storyline and I'm hoping that we get something better from Summer House. But I've been thinking this whole time, like once they get married, this was kind of what I was imagining would be the worst case scenario for them. It's like, we're just having these like weird things with them. And I just, ooh, I mean, I hope they know. I hope Kyle knows <laughs> that this last season on Summer House may have been his last season because Amanda's trying to get a baby in her immediately. So, mm, I'm just concerned. I'm concerned. Anyway, um, so yeah, Amanda's acting like this is a lot of pressure for her. It's not. It's not. And that's just the truth. So let's move on. So while everybody's getting ready to go skiing, Andre is vacuuming. And this is by far the most attractive thing he has done this season for me personally. So everybody goes skiing. Austin is, I guess, some sort of avid snowboarder. Sierra's not very good on skis, so he decides to be very romantic by just yelling pizza, 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 pizza down the end of down the slopes, and um, you know helping her. I guess apparently this is the height of romance for Sierra. She cannot believe her luck. More on that later. Mr. and Mrs. Cook show up. Amanda, I guess, is nervous. She ends up going down, and after a few minutes, she said she was fine. And another thing, we're acting like this is like the old... Nah, I don't even want to get into it, but she said... She, it's not even like she hadn't been skiing before. She said she used to go skiing all the time in middle school, and then she went, like, three years ago with Kyle and fell, and it spooked her. So the, it's, like, even lower stakes than the low stakes that we already had, you know? And everything was fine. Everything was fine. Okay? Okay. Um, bye, lover boy. Okay, so uh, there was a, like a little clip of Gabby being like, she's talking to Lindsay about how she's, you know, she's got a true renewal, a refreshing, if she will, if you will, since, you know, she's licking her wounds after the epic burn <laughs> of, of being turned down by Luke, not once, but twice in a row. Like he even tried to negotiate just fucking him and he he even said no to that and that was that was sad that was that was tough that was tough for all of us girl like you know from me to you I felt that I felt that in my heart and I felt bad for you but anyway she's talking about how she's basically kind of a lone ranger now and you know she's like I I thought that I was gonna be here and have somebody to flirt with and uh he's flirting with my friend who has a boyfriend so that's what I'm doing 
Okay? Um, so the guys go off to shred the gnar or whatever. And so Sierra and Paige and Amanda start talking. And Amanda asks Paige what she and Andre are doing now by asking, like, what's your movie rating? Right? Like, how far have you gotten? And Paige says PG-13. And she's like, I... <laughs> Amanda's like, I know you guys haven't done any mouse stuff, so what is it? <laughs> and she's like, no, we've just been very handsy with each other. And he's like, basically, like, he's testing me. I'm really attracted to him. I can't keep my hands off of him. And that's why we haven't really shared a bed, bed together, because I, I don't want it to go too far. Because I know I, I don't have any control with this man. Why? I don't know. But okay. She says in a confessional... Like, what if we get back into the city and I never speak to this man again? I don't want him to be able to say, yeah, well, I, I slept with her, you know? And then she says, you know, this is a prize. I don't want, not everybody gets this medal, okay? And I love that for her. I love that for her. I've been giving so many medals away. It's like the coins at um, Chuck E. Cheese it, when I was Paige's age. So <laughs> can't relate, but... You know, it sounds, sounds like a good idea. Okay. So anyway, um, then they switch to Sierra and what's going on with her. And she says that she's nervous and Paige says, are you going to cry right now? <laughs> and then she kind of looked like she was, <laughs> but then she says, Amanda's like, is a butterfly nervous? And she's like, no, I just like, I'm just nervous about what's going to happen when we leave the house. And... In a confessional, a producer asks Sierra if she's ever felt this way before about a guy. And she's like, honestly, no. I really feel like I could fall in love with him. And then she has to stop herself from crying in the, in the confessional. I'm wondering, like, in real time what's going on with Austin and Sierra. Because now he's seeing all the stuff about how she thinks that she could love him. And I'm, I'm curious about that. We know Madison's out of the picture, so I would like to know more about that. Are we going to get a, a Winter House reunion it seems like we deserve one because now we have that relationship with Paige and Craig. I want to know what happened with, with um, them. What's going on with Andrea? What happened with Andrea? Did, did they ever get back to the city? Did he have sex with her? That's, you know, all the questions. All the questions. Are we ever going to see Julia's boyfriend? You know, maybe he could come out at the end and, and serve them um, uh, strips of bacon since that seems to be a significant part of their <laughs> their daily intake. I don't know. Then there was this like weird kind of one-off confessional of Jason talking about him liking Lindsay and how when he first met her, he was a little bit scared, but he loves a strong woman and she's stunning and there's no sleeping on Lindsay. Again, this would be a great confessional or interview piece if we saw their relationship other than them dry humping each other, but we don't. So it kind of doesn't make sense. But anyway, I guess they like each other. We don't really have to see it, you know. We're getting a lot of the show. I guess, you know, there's not, not time for everything. You got to kill your darlings, as they say. So, um, then, I love this. As soon as everybody gets back from their ski trip, Lindsay asks uh, Jason to take a shower with her. And I need to know, had they, I mean, clearly she'd seen his dick. But had they had, like, penetrative sex at this point? Because... Asking a guy to take a shower with you before you've even like hit it or before he's hit it, that's like that's like a boss move, right? I don't know. Something about that is very impressive to me. I like that Lindsay Hubbard. I really do. I think she's a solid gal. And if you're out there, girl, like let's get a drink together and just, you know, 
we'll just talk. We'll just talk. If you're part of my Patreon, I just thought of something that I could say, but I'm not going to. So remind me, and I will say it on the Patreon. And that'll be a little tease. <laughs> it's really not that important. It's just like some horny private stuff. But you know what? I mean, I'll share it. We'll, we'll keep it behind the Patreon. Anyway, Julia gets a flower delivery from this mysterious boyfriend and Craig is there as she's, you know, getting the chocolates and whatever else he gave her. And Craig's like, hey, maybe I should send my girlfriend something. And then he says in a confessional that even though he's like missing her, Natalie, that he's kind of enjoying being by himself. So he's kind of in a weird headspace. Now, I forgot to say something last week, which is I think other people have said this and so maybe it's kind of pointless at this point but I was going to say that I felt like Craig um intentionally brought that stuff about stuff up with Andrea and Paige because he was feeling Paige and he was feeling not Natalie so I think he was sowing trying to sowing sow some seeds of discord that's just my theory anyway um so it's time for bed again. Lindsay tells Jason she's going to slip into something a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, if you don't want me to sleep with you, I won't. Mm, you know? <laughs> Jason's like, oh, don't worry about that. I could use a cuddle or two. So then she gets back into the room. And we don't see them really get into the bed. We see them, like, pull the covers over them. And Lindsay says something like, oh, I didn't know we were going to get that comfortable. And then she asked him if he was going to be cold. And he said, not next to you. <laughs> so I'm guessing they were naked and, you know, good for you. Anyway, good for you. Austin and Sierra have their first little uh, sleepover with one another. And they have like a kind of real world throwback realization of, oh, we're being recorded. And so Austin moves the camera, puts the shirt over it. Just a classic old reality TV move. And I loved it. I loved it. Very big brother. I don't know if they do that in big brother, but you know what I mean. Um, so then the house, everybody wakes up. Then we find out that they're going to have a Viking, Minnesota, Norwegian, Nordic games, party, dinner, whatever. And... Kyle says, you know, people think that I party a lot, but I work 10 times harder. I haven't had a, a vacation in three years. So if I'm partying, I'm really partying. Everybody gets dressed and like, I, certainly I'm sure not like very authentic to the era uh, attire, but you know, they looked what I assume Vikings look like. And really everybody except for, for um, Paige, who looked like an extra from House of Gucci, you know? Um, Luke is the leader of these Nordic games, and they decide to break off into two teams called the Skull Crushers and the Heathen Army. Who gives a fuck? But it was just like a very Luke occasion in which their first game was just throw a log. Just throw a log backwards and see who throws it the farthest. <laughs> And, and tug of war. And then, you know, we'll just call it a day. There was nothing really to report. Except the very blink and you miss it clip of um, Austin's team losing tug of war. And then they're all on the ground. And what I'm assuming, or who I'm assuming was Craig on the other team, just launched a snowball right into the back of Austin's head. It was just, just beautiful. I, who knew that Craig could be so accurate? <laughs> what a feat. 
everybody seems to be having a good time and they're getting back to the house and they're about to go to do like a hot tub session and Austin is looking for his phone. He finds it, reads it, starts mumbling, what the fuck? And then we get Southern Charm Austin. Y'all know what I mean? Like it is like the Hulk day to night. Is that the Hulk, right? Yes. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Trop-Hop, or whatever. So, his mood completely shifts. He starts sulking around. He's, like, just aimlessly wandering from the living room, game room, or whatever, to his room. And just, like, oh, what the fuck? He's, like, why don't you leave me alone? Everybody's in the hot tub, and they're having a great time. And somebody notices, where's Austin? So, they're, like, Sarah, call him. So, she calls him, and he's, like, hey. She's like, where are you? In my room. Oh, okay. You're going to come out? I don't know. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Jason is in charge of making dinner for everybody. And he's going to be doing fried turkey legs, Brussels sprouts, tricolored carrots, mushrooms, blah, blah, blah. Julie and Lindsay are talking about Jason. Because Jason's Julia's friend. And... Lindsay's like she really loves hard she's like sometimes I just lie there and I'm just like wow she's like is this even real I'm like I don't know you've only known him you've only acknowledged him for the past 36 hours so no (laughs) but then she's like I just want to know he's such a sweet guy he's so charming he's so nice I just want to know that this is like who he really is and Julia's like I know him for real. I will put on my life. I will vouch for him. He is this genuinely sweet guy. And then they start talking about Julia's boyfriend and how Lindsay asks how old he is. She says he's 42. And she's like, gosh, I was always told to date older. And then Lindsay asks if Julia thinks she's going to get married. And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, baby, baby. (laughs) I want you sitting there saying Kara for a second, okay? Um, let's just put these on the board, shall we? As as a woman who's dated in Manhattan, he's forty two. You're significantly younger than him. You've been on and off for years. <laughs> he doesn't want to be on camera, <laughs> and you're like barely in a relationship as it is. You're not marrying this man, okay? You are not marrying him. Not gonna happen. So Craig ends up finding Austin and he asks him if he's okay. And then Austin starts to whisper that he got this message from somebody who told him that Madison was in the hospital. So he says, I unblocked her. And then I saw that I had all these messages from Madison. And it was like, you know, I just uh, was in the hospital and all I could think about was you. Okay. So (laughs) keep in mind, this is after the A-Rod stuff. After. Okay, so then he asked her what happened, and apparently she was cooking for her son, she had a seizure, and so her son Hudson called the ambulance, and he was just like, you know, like, it really threw him for a loop. Craig is like, like, don't let this get to you, like, you're gonna be fine, don't let this make you go all the way back to where you were, and, you know... 
Austin starts going on about, like, I have this great fucking life with Sierra. I have this great girl who's, like, all about it. And Craig's like, yeah, but you start to doubt your opinions about stuff. How many times has she said sorry to you, bro? It doesn't change. Like, you're not crazy. She's just a bad person. <laughs> then in a confessional, Craig says that Madison's greatest pleasure in life is to drive Austin crazy. <laughs> and then he starts to rub his temples and he's like, he was just starting to be in a good place and somehow this evil sorcerer will not let him go. <laughs> so at this point, Andrea comes in and Craig asks him how he dealt with his last breakup and cutting her off. And Andrea's like, you should not have unblocked her. You should have ignored that guy or whoever messaged you. Just cut it off. Don't do it. Don't go down there. And then Austin says... Well, then I texted her and I just said, like, hey. And then she said, please tell me you haven't moved on. <laughs> that was so fucked of her to say, bro. <laughs> it's like, first of all, you did not text her and say, hey. You said something. And I want to see those screenshots, sir. Madison, has she hopped on IG Live and, and showed us yet? Probably not because she's engaged. God, if she had been, if she had just held out on the engagement. Imagine all the content and the receipts that we would be seeing right now. Uh, uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. In the hallway, Sierra tries to walk up to the room, but the door is closed. And so she, like, gently knocks on the door. They don't know who's on the other side of it, but Craig's like, go away. <laughs> so Sierra finds Paige, and they're like, hmm. They're like full mystery machine something's not right here i'm gonna get down to it <laughs> Paige says, i have a weird feeling and this is a case for the fbi <laughs> so <laughs> back in the room austin is somewhat coming down to earth and he says that sierra is a beautiful woman who for some reason is in love with him or for some reason is into him and i'm glad that you knew to clarify that for some reason is into you Okay. Um, and you know, he's like, if she finds out that I'm still into my ex or I still have feelings, it's going to be gone in a second. And Craig's like, you know, usually I do say like, honesty is the best policy, but like, you can't tell her, Sierra this, like you cannot tell her <laughs> that you still have feelings for your ex. Um, cause she's going to be like, I'm not going to get close to this. So then Paige finds Andrea after this conversation, and they have just like this very, like, Andrea's lying to her. Paige knows that she's he, that he's lying. Andrea on some level probably knows that Paige knows that he's lying, but they're just going to have this cute conversation anyway and just be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Like, so what happened, Andrea? What was in the, what, what were you talking about with, with uh, Austin and Craig and... Andrea's like, oh, well, I just told, Austin was just saying that he really liked Sierra and how great she was and how he was really committed to this after. And I told him like to be sure to do that, bro. And yeah, he was just saying only good things about Sierra and nothing else at all. And I would tell you if he said something, definitely. <laughs> and then goes straight to a confessional and says, I am not telling her because it's not my business to tell and I'm going to remain on bro code. Usually I don't really love bro code. I don't know why, just because I don't like men. But in this case, I was like, yeah, it's really not his business to tell, you know? 
It's really not. That's really something that, that, that Sierra needs to hear from Austin and not from Paige, you know? So, um, and in her own confessional, Paige is like, do I think he's lying? Come on. <laughs> what a concept. I hate the male species because all they do is lie. Okay. So everybody sits down for dinner. They toast with their turkey legs up in the air. Poor Luke has to do a final to like Jason gets a toast in. I think Kyle gets a toast in. Then Luke's like, yeah, people are like, you know, three quarters of the way sitting down. They're like in a full squad about to sit down. And, and Luke's like, yeah. And we'll tonight we drink, we eat and we fuck. And it's like, Luke, nobody, nobody's fucking you. So <laughs> very awkward, very awkward. And so they sit down and Julia says, you know, somebody brings up leaving the house. And so Julia asks Andrea what his plans are with Paige once they leave. And he's like, well, I don't know. We'll see. And Julia says, well, are you planning on staying in the city for a while? Like, what are your intentions with my girl? And Austin, out of nowhere, says, shut up. This is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so everybody's like, whoa. Sierra's sitting diagonally from him and she's like, stop right now. And Austin's like, what? So they can go from like him to me? Like, this is so stupid. <laughs> so Amanda says, okay, well, what are your plans for her then? What are your plans for Sierra? And Austin says, once again, that's a stupid thing to ask. And Julia's like, why are you mad? Like, if you're okay with it, like, what the hell is going on? So everybody starts getting up because Austin has officially ruined this dinner. They're like, third, you know, most of the way through the turkey leg. That's fine, you know? I don't, I'm, I don't want to really be on this. So Sierra gets up. I think Paige follows after her and Lindsay turns to Julia and asks if they can have a conversation in the uh, bathroom. So Julia says something about how Austin has a really short fuse and that like Austin should be able to handle a question like that. And it's not on him to decide whether me asking my friend about my other friend is a question worth talking about. So then PA, I think, no, I think that's next week. Okay. I'm getting mixed up. So then PH, PH, why do I keep saying that? Paige and Sierra <laughs> have a conversation and Paige is like, first of all, I didn't like Andrea's answer. Secondly, I didn't love that Austin shut it down so quickly. So Sierra's like, yeah, I'm just wondering why Austin's being so defensive. So back at the table, Amanda asks Austin again what he would have said if Julia had gotten the opportunity to ask the question. And he's like, well, I just would say that I wanted to see where things go. And Greg's like having to talk him down. is like, just be like the happy, nice Austin that we all know, please. <laughs> like his wife. <laughs> Greg, is, Greg is Austin's wife. And it's time we all recognize that. So Andrea says... Honestly, I probably, I wouldn't have really preferred that somebody asked me that either. You know, I don't really feel like it's anybody's business. I think that's a conversation that I have with Paige. And it's a little too much me and you, you know, whatever the Italian version of that is. And so Austin's like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. Like, I just, I just didn't want the question to be directed at me next. Like, I knew where it was going. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Austin. So... Lindsay meets up with Austin in the kitchen and he looks down at her and he says, I just want to cry so bad to you right now. <laughs> so Lindsay 
he's like, do you want to talk? And he's like, no, I just need to talk to Sierra. So Austin finds Sierra. They go up to her room to have a conversation. Lindsay finds Craig and says, I just talked to Austin and he said that he wanted to cry to me. And Craig's like, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> so, like, yeah, because he wants to talk about his past and you're, you're the one who he trauma dumps on. Yeah, I know. So Austin is talking to P Sierra and he says, you know, we haven't really talked about our exes yet, but, you know, I just got out of something like four or five months ago and that shit haunts me. Like, I just want to be honest with you. Sarah looks right at him and says, like, is there a reason why you're telling me this now? Like, is there something that set this off? Are you guys still in communication? And that's where the episode leads off. I am really excited. I'm hoping we can at least get a uh, an extended episode. I hope so. Anyway, um, an extended season finale. With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.